Good listeners, and welcome. This is Chance Time. It's a podcast. It's about video games, and congratulations, you're listening to it. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Paul Bills, and with me is another one of your hosts, Curtis Lowe. Hello, Curtis. Hi. Sorry, I'm sick. I'm sorry if I cough in your ears. That sounds but cool. the good news is worse than the I CDC says <laughs> the CDC says you cannot get sick from listening to a podcast. I looked it up or so. other audio sources. <laughs> so we should be fine. If someone calls you, it, it's fine. You can talk to them. Yeah, yeah. No or audio call virus. You don't want to talk to them. Just ignore them. Right. But you shouldn't base that decision on whether or not they are sick. <laughs> That's all yes. we're saying. <laughs> so just some fun. If it's a telemarketer or they want to talk to you about your car's extended mm. warranty, answer, say I have COVID and it can go through phone lines. <laughs> phone lines? That just, make sense. There's no lines. Maybe the, there's lines at some point in the process, right? Look, if COVID is through 5G, it clearly goes through cell phones. Mm. Good point, good point. So maybe it is actually dangerous to do phone calls, but I'm sure listening to this podcast over Wi-Fi is fine. So yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Or if you're on 4G, it's fine. <laughs> so anyway, as I was saying, this is a conspiracy theory podcast. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for joining. Uh you may notice if you've listened to this show before that we are missing Ryan Speakman. Um, that's because he's not here. So good observation, <laughs> listener. Good <job. laughs> but he may appear with with no warning. So this podcast has a chance of a random Ryan encounter just at any moment. So we'll see what happens. I do hope that he We're is. on our shows up no one knows and he just starts talking in the conversation yeah exactly so we're as on our toes as you are listener we have no idea what's going to happen over the course of this episode but there are so many things to talk about that we're just we're just going for it because the topic of the show this week is is quite a big one but of course before i get to that we have to do everybody's favorite segment, and that is Mike Struckerberg's one thing first, a thing first, one thing first. So let's do that. Cool. Uh, Curtis, what, what you got for us today? What's a thing that, that you need to say to the people? So I just, I've noticed something. As we know, I got my Steam Deck on the way. Um, very, very big news. Very, very big news. As in on the way, as in like it should be here Friday. So I'm very excited. Um, but, and I went ahead, I've been looking at different games I kind of want to play on my Steam Deck and whatnot that's in, that are in my library and everything already, including some that are on my wish list and looking at file sizes because I only have the 64 gig version of the Steam Deck. Got to prioritize. Yeah. And I have 128 gig micro SD card laying around. Like, oh, I could just use that until I'm like, and see how it goes. And then maybe I'll feel like I really need to upgrade, right? Because that's what I have in my Switch. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and then I was looking around. One of the games on my wish list is Red Red Redemption 2. Do you know the file size for Red Dead Redemption 2, Paul? Uh, um, 
I'm going to go ahead and guess way more than that. <laughs> it's 130 gigabytes. Yeah, okay. That's bigger than the, the micro SD the card, card I have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have plans to play that game anytime soon, but I'm like, wow, if I want to play any AAA games, like this is going to fill up fast. And then I started looking at, like, because I'd like to have the Dark Souls, like, two and three and i want to get Sekiro on there at some point and i'd like to have them available you know or be able to download it and just have it there that kind of thing right um so i went ahead bought a 512 gigabyte micro sd card they weren't it was on sale i was like this is a good time whatever it does make <laughs> me want my steam deck to get here sooner than it is because i have it sitting here on my desk along with the screen right. protector just waiting for the steam deck to get here um, but I've noticed something on, um, like a Facebook steam deck, Facebook group that I'm in. And there's quite a few people who talk about expanding their storage and how much storage they need. And they're like, they're like, yeah, I got a, I got the 512 gigabyte. I put a terabyte micro SD card in and I'm thinking of getting the two terabyte solid state drive to put in so I can have at least three terabytes of storage. I'm like, why? I don't understand it. Do you like, no, I don't so, get the, the need to have all of your games installed 24 <clears> seven. Yeah, you are. You're definitely, you've either come to the right or the wrong person for this because I do not get this at all. Um, I know a lot of people who are really into doing the same thing with their PS five. And I'm like, I I will literally will never expand the storage of my PS5. I'm cool. only ever playing like maybe three games at once. Yeah. Like at any given time, there's only a maximum of three games that I'm actually regularly playing. Yeah. And if you I, have I don't get it. <laughs> PlayStation Plus for so many years, or whatever, and you're redeeming all those games, like that's so many games to have right. installed on your PlayStation. <laughs> I don't un I don't understand it. And same thing with Steam. Like there's so many games on my Steam account. Like I remember when Ryan did that game where he looked at our Steam accounts and found games that right. we never played. Like I have so uh -huh. many of those because of humble bundles and other bundles and <clears throat> whatnot and buying stuff on sale for five bucks or less, you know. And I'm not gonna install all those games at the same time. So I don't yeah, yeah I just don't get there's the need. And absolutely like, no point half yeah. a terabyte for me is great i'll probably dedicate the 64 gigabytes to emulation and that's probably going to be more than i need for that and way more just, than you need like so some of those games are like 30 megabytes yeah yeah no it's going to be overkill so i don't i don't get it and i'm just curious like if other people like i i don't know i don't understand it because i uh, yeah i've been rolling with the 128 gigabyte card on my switch for a long time for a few years now and it's been fine it's that one's a little annoying but i've survived and i've thought about expanding that one but those games aren't as big yeah. either it took me a while to get it fill, full like that and the biggest one on there i think is smash because of all the dlc so right. i mean 128 gigabytes is is pretty good for that for the switch and yeah, I just I don't know. Sure. I don't, it's weird to me that people are like, I gotta have all my games installed at the same yeah. time. 
Like, you're not going to fucking... The only I also thing feel like I, I can prioritize. I'm like, okay, if I'm dedicating space on my memory card or whatever for this game, I need to play it. Or I delete it off and I don't play it and I'm prioritizing what games I'm going to play that way, you know? That kind of helps me mentally, too. Oh, yeah. I feel exactly the same way. <clears throat> Excuse me. The only, like, counter to this that I can think of as we're sitting here talking about this is, I guess... If you have like bad internet, and so like re-downloading stuff that you want to play on a whim is just That's so true. painful. That's a good counterpoint. Yeah. But who has internet that bad? And if you do, you still have to fill it up the first time, so it's still yeah. going to be painful. Yeah. <sighs> I guess I, if you're worried about data caps too. Yeah, I and then I mean and some people. Some people are really worried about like games getting like delisted, and if you don't have it downloaded, you like lose it forever. Yeah, but I, I don't know. That I'm like, I've been legitimately worried about that. Well, and I can't think of a time that there hasn't been at least some warning beforehand. So if you really do care, yeah. you can go download it. The only one before I can it gets think delisted. That me out is the what's the the PT. On the PlayStation 4. Yes, yeah, so I got a big deal. PS4 so much later after that ever happens. I just I just don't get to play right. it for five seconds and get freaked out and never touch it again. So that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. So right. I just thought that that's really like, weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's and it's especially interesting with the Steam Deck. Like I don't, it's not every game on Steam even works well on the Steam Deck. Like, yeah, or even are there two terabyte or three terabytes worth of Steam verified games? I guess there are now, probably, but yeah, still, but still, yeah. I think I read that yeah. there's five thousand verified, like, Steam yeah, Deck verified games. That's not counting all the playable ones, just the verified, right? So. Like, how are they even doing that that fast? Because they're very yeah, detailed. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of the playable ones don't look like it's a big issue because it's like, oh, you got to sign into this thing or right. you're going to need to use the keyboard, like on-screen keyboard to input right. your character's name or something. Yeah. So but like, there's enough, there's enough different tags that it's like, I don't, I don't think this is happening automatically. Like, I think there are real people actually looking at these things and making note yeah and that's very impressive because they're going very fast <laughs> and i wonder i just wonder how they prioritize game some games over yeah because like roller coaster tycoon triple thrill pack triple thrill pack excuse me pretty sure that's steam deck verified which is really funny to me because it's like a game from the 90s and they're like we got right. that ones. like do a lot maybe a lot of people actually play that i just don't realize that still <laughs> i mean you yeah, have to imagine if you are valve you have the exact counts, like the exact player counts, yeah. and you could just go down the line. That's true. Yeah, you could. But <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. But uh, good job, Valve. Good job. Yeah. Um. I'll piggyback off your one thing. This is not my one thing that I was going to talk about, but. Uh. Well, no. We'll get to this in the topic of the show. I was about to talk about something that will fit better in the topic of the show, so we'll circle back to that. Okay. 
Should I do my one thing now? Uh, yeah, sure. Sure. I guess, I guess the only <laughs> other thing about this whole storage thing that makes me yeah, laugh, yeah. Um, I'll throw in real quick is that I saw a Steam Deck dock that a third party has made that actually has uh -huh. a slot. Have you seen this for the solid state drive? <clears throat> so no. You can, you can deck. You can dock your dock your deck. Dock your deck. Dock your deck. <laughs> and um, and then download games onto that solid state drive through that. So then when you want to play those games, you can dock it. Which I guess is kind of a clever idea. If you have games that you're like, I'm only ever going to play this game on, like, docked. The only games I can think of for that reason yeah. specifically are like Jackbox Party games, like the Party Packs. But mm -hmm. I can't think of any other games. But hey, you know, that's, I guess it's an option. That makes more sense to me than putting three terabytes of memory into the Steam Deck. <laughs> I guess it's. It'd be kind of fun to be able to say I have my but, entire Steam library downloaded onto this thing, but right, just, yeah, I don't see the point still. But anyway, well, and my thing still is, if you wanted a computer, why didn't you like? If you wanted a PC, why didn't you just buy that? Like, why are people so dead set PC or a laptop? I mean, yeah, why are you so dead set on buying the the Steam Deck and then making it a laptop? Yeah. <laughs> It seems like most people just want it to be a Windows PC, and it's like, well, just buy one. <laughs> yeah. Well, granted, the Steam Deck's a lot cheaper. <laughs> it is cheaper than something with like comparable like capacity, I guess. That is true. Granted, if you spend a thousand dollars on a gaming laptop, you're gonna get a lot better performance out of that than the Steam Deck, though. Yeah. Well, and how much is the dock and the extra, the, the three terabytes? Like, if you add yeah. that on top of the Steam Deck. Yeah. Well, there's a specific you know. like Micron two terabyte solid state drive that fits in the Steam Deck that people are buying. So it's like a card, like it's that it fits in the card slot. No, it's like a. It's like an M.2 oh. drive, but it's short. Oh, so, um, okay. So they, they're actually opening the it up. Yeah, they're actually okay. opening it up. And you can't put the M.2 drive in the Steam Deck because then I think it covers up the fan or something like that. So Valve tells you not to do it. But I can't remember. Yeah, that. way too much work at that point. Like, why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, so it's like a specific one you have to get that will work well. And they're buying it off of eBay or something. And it's just crazy to me. Yeah, I can't like, find where it is. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, do what you want, but yeah. I don't understand it. I don't either. <laughs> Neither do I. Whoa! <laughs> we did it. You just showed up. <laughs> uh, how do I sound? Sound speeds? One, two. I mean, I can hear you. Yeah, you're a little tinny, but it's totally fine. Did I sound better before when I talked to you guys? Because I switched no. headphones to better you ones. Sound, you sounded the same. Okay. I, mean, I feel well, like great. you're coming in more consistent, though, now. Oh, yeah. great. So that's good. Are you guys recording? Is this a real episode yet? Yeah, this this, is yes, real. it is. Yeah, we are. Perfect. <laughs> Welcome to the episode, Ryan. Thank you. Great we to be here. Great to be back. Uh, we're just finishing Curtis's one thing, and I haven't done mine yet. So, 
You're great timing. Excellent. Do you have a thing you want to talk about? Um, mostly that slam dunk Derek Shifu, his adventure has concluded. He's dead now. Spoiler uh, oh. for whatever. Spoiler for the game that I haven't mentioned yet. So if you don't want to know what game it is, <laughs> you oh, can really? stop right now or hit hit skip fifteen seconds. So you don't know, but now I'm spoiling it. It's not Octopath Traveler. It's Live Alive. Live Alive, yeah. Uh, But his adventure has ended, and we've now started the adventure of Squeege Von Ouija. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, incredible stuff. Yeah, which I started the near future chapter of Live Alive, and let me tell you, this one... It starts with a bang, and it's got some weird stuff in it, and I'm really enjoying it. I've got a uh, one of my companions is a robot turtle who has the liquefied conscience of a dying turtle as its soul, basically. And I think that sets up the rest of the story. (laughs) It's so weird. I can't believe this game didn't come west earlier. <laughs> uh, hey, I don't but yeah, that's west basically ready. That's basically it for things. Um, I did also beat the uh, first Ninja Turtle arcade game in the Cowbunga collection. Nice. And I'm really glad that arcade games aren't designed that way anymore because it literally is you press the start button to insert more coins and then die and then repeat the process many times because you really are just mashing buttons and dying until you have to put a new quarter in (laughs) the good old days right yeah that's what these collections are for to have infinite amount of quarters yeah I mean, I guess you pay the price of the game. Then you get infinite amount of quarters. Exactly. That are just <laughs> for that game. Can you imagine if you actually got like an infinite amount of quarters? You can buy whatever you want. That's It'd true. It would just be a huge hassle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the collector's edition comes with a roll of quarters that you can put in your computer. Yeah, man, I'm glad they're staying so true to the original. <laughs> that's incredible. That's it that for me. Authentic experience. Uh, oh, great. Um, well, welcome, Ryan. Uh, I guess that means it's my turn. Um, I have two things. First off, I was I was welcomed into the playtest group for Moonbreaker on Steam, which is the Brandon Sanderson written game by the people who made Subnautica. And it's a digital miniatures uh, 1v1 battle game. It was described by its director as XCOM meets Hearthstone. And 
that is like an incredibly spot on description. So they have fully realized that dream. So like whatever came into your head when you heard Hearthstone makes XCOM is exactly right. Um, so there was there's two playtest weekends. I was very I didn't know this. I was very confused because it said I was led into the playtest and then I couldn't download it for several days. And then I just happened to look at it on a Friday and suddenly I could download it. And then there was like a community post that said, welcome to playtest weekend number one. So that's why I couldn't get it before. <laughs> um, I downloaded it and played what's called a cargo run, which is their like mini roguelike PVE version of the game. It's just like you have to play five encounters in a row and Steph carries from one count encounter to the next. You say and Steph carries in the encounters? Yes, I should have said that. I meant to say Steph carries over. <laughs> Like, I think HP of the units carries over from one round to the next. And then, like, okay. if, they've if they've received permanent buffs, they carry over from one round to the next. Um, anyway, I, I enjoyed this game more than I thought I would. And it's, like, extremely well polished for early access. But I still don't think digital miniatures is quite for me. I, I have like no connection to like the whole miniatures genre of game. So like I could really respect it, but I'm not like compelled to go play it a bunch myself. But I do think it will find an audience. And there are little hints of things that feel like, okay, it was probably good that you got Brandon Sanderson to write this. That's kind of cool. But overall, it also feels pretty generic. Hmm. Um, but like one thing that just feels very Brandon Sanderson to me, and I can't really explain it, is like the the resource uh, that you spend every round to like play new units or do abilities is called Cinder, which I don't know. I'm just like, yep, 100% Brandon Sanderson made that up. It just feels... <laughs> like him i can't explain it <laughs> is this is brandon sanderson and this is where my i don't know any i've never read a brandon sanderson book and i only know about him because i know lots of people who like his work uh -huh. uh, but is he like a big enough name where like because i have heard like on other like nerd podcasts i've heard him referenced before but how how big how much does his influence go? Like, well, if someone random listened to this episode and heard us talk about Brandon Sanderson, like, will they immediately know, or is it like, it's not like J.R.R. Tolkien level or no George R. R. Martin? He did have the most successful Kickstarter campaign in history. That's true. Yeah. Yes, that you got me there. I feel like if you've if you're into fantasy novels like at all you know yeah who is. okay got it if you're not he's... into fantasy you probably don't you might know yeah. who he is but yeah, I don't think he's, he's not... on that level of J.R. Tolkien or anything yet just because he probably 
like if a Mistborn movie or something came out and it was huge, you know, then he would get elevated to that level, I'd bet. But yeah, that makes sense. Just because he's still in the book community and yeah, basically just that. He's not mainstream, but he's he's very nerd stream. Like, if you're a nerd, you know Brandon Sanderson. And he does have a lot of diehard fans. That is one thing. That I do know. Yeah, like, sets him apart, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I... Curtis, I'd I still... know, raises his Brandon Sanderson flag every morning. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's still weird to me that they, like not only worked with him but like had him introduce the game and then it wasn't like what he's known for it's a new thing weird decisions but i i at this point i'm optimistic that like i said this game will have an audience it's it's well done for what it is and i think there are people out there who will be really into it but yeah we'll see it comes officially to early access in like another two weeks uh, but that was only were part of the elite. Yes, I, I got it. Well, I'm really glad I got to try it without having to pay for it. That that's always a bonus. Um, but that was only one of the things I want to talk about, and we have a lot. I just want to mention a second thing. Um, friend of the show, Emma Mason, former guest on the show. Uh, it was recently my birthday, and she gifted me from my Steam wish list a game called Cardboard Kings, uh, cardboard with a K. And it is a shop management simulation game where you manage a shop dedicated mostly to, or no, entirely to a trading card game called Warlock. And so it's basically uh, open your own Magic the Gathering store and manage it simulation game. And overall as a game, it's it's not great, but it's such a specific like fantasy to to try out that it, it's very compelling. And I have put in like 10 plus hours into it already. Um, and at this point, I'm just trying to get like four or five final cards that I haven't seen come through yet. Cause you also have like a binder of cards that you're trying to fill up while you're selling cards to people and trying to make money. You're also trying to like complete your own collection. And I just keep playing, even though I'm like, there's only like five cards left and it's going to take forever to find them, but I want to find them and I just keep playing and it's really interesting. Um, I can't like they seem to be still working on major updates to this game, but I don't think it's labeled as early access. But it definitely doesn't seem complete. And they like posted a, an update saying that they're going to go dark for a while and come back with a major update sometime in the future. So I don't really know what's going on with the development of this game. But if you've ever had like that very specific thought of what if I opened a card game store, this game lets you live that out. Um, and is pretty dedicated to 
giving you that experience. So it's really interesting. Again, not a great game, but if, if you're into that specific idea, I would recommend it. Cardboard Kings. The, the thing that makes me upset about that mm-hmm. is that I forgot your birthday. <laughs> uh, really okay. I, <laughs> I don't know what your birthday is, except generally... In the summer, <laughs> I mean, I never forget people's birthdays. Or I never oh, remember. Is, I did write a song about my birthday, so no one would ever forget. Yeah, that's oh. how I remember what it is. Actually, but don't worry, things have been remedied, and so everything is all good. What the heck? I just received this Steve gift. Well, no, you don't wow. say it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> from somebody. I won't say who. <laughs> okay, it's from what? me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Curtis, my one true friend. <laughs> other, other than Emma, I guess. <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, anyway, <laughs> Cardboard Kings. Check it out if you care about that. Uh, that's it. I think that's all our one things. So I think it's time for topic of the show. Hooray. So, I am going to do my best to. I said I only have some one sentence thoughts about some of the stuff we're going to talk. I do my best to make that actually true. <laughs> Yes, uh, we all will, because, well, let me set the stage a little bit. So if you're listening to this at some other time and you don't know, within the last seven days, there has been a Disney Marvel game showcase, a Ubisoft game showcase, a Nintendo Direct, and a PlayStation State of Play. And I wrote down, I think, everything that was announced in all of these, and it's almost 100 games. So we all just compile the list of what we want to talk about, and I combine those lists, and that's what we're going to talk about on the topic of the show today. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna try. It's gonna be hard for us. <laughs> can I we're, can I yeah, just say what all of these made me realize? Yes, go for it. This could be. Maybe this is a better thought for the end, but I'm just going to say it now because maybe it's a better thought for right now. Um, (laughs) I think a video game showcase, is that the general term for these? Sure. It's a good term if it isn't. I think I, I feel similarly to these as I do superhero movies. Where I know that superhero movies, like, they are one of the most popular genre of movie out right now. But they are also a guilty pleasure for me. And so even the superhero movie that everyone hates, I still walk out kind of being like, I had a good time with that. And I, I would watch that again many times over. There's a few that maybe that's not the case for. Right. But I think I can never be disappointed by a video game showcase. Like I, I, even if I have no interest in any of the games, 
I'm always interested in seeing what's what's kind of going on. And like, I'm glad that they do these rather than just like put out a YouTube video. Like it is it's like an exciting event, all the speculation and then watching it and then like the discussion afterwards. And so that's kind of where I'm at as I like. I just enjoy these in general, and even when people are disappointed, I think I come out being like, I had a great time watching that. <laughs> I don't know. Where are you guys at with these showcases? Do you feel like they got to like hit a certain bar or else? What was the point or? No, uh, I'm in the uh, go for it, Curtis. You go first. Well, I just, you know, like not, not every video game that's going to be shown is going to be something I want to play. And I think once people understand that, you know, I don't know. Cause as long as you have your expectations in line, I think you're good to go. Like, I mean, Silk Song was not shown and it's fine, <laughs> but it's interesting. Spoilers. To me. Okay. But it's interesting to me, like how many farming sims were shown and like life sims, I guess you'd call them. And that's not something I'm really into. I played Animal Crossing, thought it was fun, had a good time with it, tried uh, Stardew Valley. But now, like, there's a ton of them, and they're having, like, a a moment, which is kind of interesting to me. I'm not going to play any of them, probably. But I think it's cool for people who want to, to play those, and it's interesting to see kind of where the industry's going. Um, and, yeah, like, I don't know. Also, the other cool thing I think about about what these showcases is that like if a lot of these life sims or other smaller games that they show like they wouldn't get nearly as many eyes on them if they weren't part of a showcase like this with a bunch of other games you know like if they just threw out a youtube video and that was it like they wouldn't get nearly as much coverage and even though they might get overshadowed by other bigger announcements like a lot of people still see them and i think they get more eyes on their video games that way so I think they're good, and I like watching them because I like to see what people make, and it's interesting to me that way. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I was going to say, I'm kind of with you, Ryan, where I just get excited when they happen. And I will say sometimes I complain while they're happening because... Like, I hated the back-to-back-to-back space horror of Jeff Keighley earlier this summer. Mm. Um, But, like, I still want to watch all of them. And sometimes it's like... And sometimes I do feel like, come on, like, you're dragging this out too long. Don't take all of my time because I'm so invested in this. And I, like put so much else aside to watch these that like when they're over two hours long, it's like, come on now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, I prioritize this so highly and you're giving me Red Bull ads and I come on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I, I'm with you in the sense of like, I never am like disappointed by the announcements. I'm just, I just want to see what they are. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I do have questions. Like my question after these ones is like, 
Well, I guess Ubisoft answered my question of what the heck are they doing? And we'll get to that. But there's like a lot of Western developers that I'm like, what are you guys doing? We haven't heard from you in years at this point. And a bunch of Japanese developers seem to just be cranking them out right now. <laughs> like a lot of a lot of what we saw, especially in the Nintendo and PlayStation shows, granted those are Japanese companies, but our logos that we've seen like three or four times in the last three or four years. And it's like, how are they cranking out game after game after game? And we just have not heard anything for years from some big names in the West, it seems like. And I wonder, what is the difference here? What's going on? But maybe that's just a perception I have that if I dug deeper, I, I could figure it out. But that was a, one major feeling I had walking away from these is like so many Japanese games. And it seems like these studios have made multiple games in the time that we just haven't heard anything from some big names in the West. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I will still complain about everything. <laughs> and I will, there will still be times where I will say things like, what was the point of this right. as a whole? <laughs> <laughs> but I do still enjoy it very much. And like, yeah, no, same here. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, uh, should we get into it? Pre-game thought. Yeah. Okay. So we start with Disney Marvel. Um, very first thing out of the gate is something I wanted to talk about. Uh, Tron Identity by Bithel Games. Um, I do love Bithel Games. Thomas Was Alone, Solitaire Conspiracy. Um, those are the ones that I played the most of, but they have also made some other ones. And I was excited by this idea, but then... They didn't actually say anything about what it really is in the showcase. And then I went and looked it up and it's like a visual novel with puzzles. And I'm now just kind of like, okay, so this one's not for me. <laughs> um, I realized it was a game when they showed it. Like I saw a circle thing. I thought it was maybe Iron Man or something at first. Like I didn't know right. what was going on. And then what's his name? Blessing or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. I was like, yeah, Tron's back or something. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a weird way to start. And in general, this showcase was just like breathtaking speed, breakneck speed, whatever the phrase you want to use. It went so fast because to Disney, this is just a sideshow. This is not the main event, not even close, because this was part of D23, which is basically Disney Comic Con. Um. So it was just like one thing to them. So they, they went through these extremely fast. Um, but the next one is something that I think we want to talk a little bit more about, and that's Disney Illusion Island. Ryan, you had called out that you want to talk about this. It looks cool. I, I think that uh, you don't see a lot of stuff like this anymore, and I hope this means that there's going to be a resurgence of it doesn't look like it's going to be like the most intense platform game, like platforming right. game or anything like that, but it's got a cool art style the like yeah. newer Mickey Mouse cartoon art style. Yeah. I like and that about it. yeah, it's got like kind of a weird story that probably has nothing to do with the cartoon. Right. And 
it's just like some people made a cool looking game and used Disney IP to sell it better. And right. I and it's I, four player couch co op, right? Yeah. Like up to four player. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of and cool so this stuff is one that, on. Yeah. You could get the family to play with you or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I I also really like the art style. I hope I hope this does well, and then they do more stuff like this, kind of harkening back to Disney Afternoon Collection type stuff, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna keep going because we got a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. Uh, I st- next. Stop talking for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one. By by some miracle. Also, a little bit confused by this, but Marvel Midnight Suns is coming out this year, after all, maybe, if they don't delay it again. (laughs) (laughs) But they came out with a new release date of December 2nd. But I did look into it more, and that's only for PC and next-gen consoles. So last-gen consoles, like PS4 and Xbox One, it's releasing later. So I guess that was one compromise they made to at least get get some versions out um, as they deprioritize the older consoles. But but I don't care. Um, I pre-ordered it. And I pre-ordered it on PC because I think this is where my Steam Deck will really start to shine for me um, is this game. I'm really hoping there's not something that screws it up that makes it not playable on Steam Deck. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way to, like... They don't put the Steam Deck verified thing on on games before they come out. Um, But even so, like, I'd rather play it on my laptop than on the PlayStation because it's more of a PC-type game in my mind. So even if it doesn't work on Steam Deck, I'll just play it on my laptop. But I'm really hoping it, it works really well on Steam Deck. Yeah, this is this is one of those games that I want to play, but I will mostly be waiting for your review of it, Paul. Right. <laughs> uh, and it's yeah. like there's so many games like this one that mm-hmm. haven't even were announced that like I'm excited about to play, but because there's so many, yeah, it it all of them move farther down my list because they're yeah. all like priority games over them. Yeah, I mean, like I said at the beginning, there's over a hundred games talked about across these showcases. Like, yeah, you really have to pick and choose. There's only so many hours in a day. (laughs) Um, But I'm just on such like a weird Marvel high this year, and it's like not even MCU driven. It's like I'm reading comics, I'm playing Marvel Champions. Um, uh, I guess I am enjoying the She-Hulk show. I'm just on like a weird Marvel high, so I think this will be a perfect like Wait, cherry on it? cherry on top of the Marvel high. It's midnight suns. I feel like this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. <laughs> oh, You're riding on this like, high for too never, long. Never Paul. mind. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, this game was like tailor made for me. Like it is it does all look really cool. It's all the favorite pieces of all my favorite genres in one game. Like, I'm not saying it'll be game of the year. I'm just saying it's very much for a person like me. So I'm excited. Uh, 
And also, they're doing weird, like, animated shorts for Marvel Midnight Suns. Like, those look like, really cool. Yeah. I was not expecting that, but I will be watching those. Uh, okay. Next one. Again, a gift to me personally and specifically. They finally announced a worldwide release date for Marvel Snap, and it's October 18th. So, I, double hype for me. More Marvel. <laughs> Feed the beast. <laughs> I I will be downloading that one. I tried to get into the beta, but alas, I didn't. Yeah, I haven't got it either. Um, and then, oh, yeah, oh, it looks fun. Yeah. More to come on that one for sure, because I definitely will be playing it and providing thoughts here. Um, I... This next one that, Ryan, you put on your list, I somehow didn't write down, so I wonder what else I missed. But I'm going to put it here. Uh, Gargoyles Remastered. Keep these coming. I never played this game. I have no nostalgia for it. I I did have a brief Gargoyles phase in elementary school. Mm -hmm. But do I remember anything about that show now? No, I just remember I had the phase. I, yeah, I also remember just liking the show, but I don't remember anything about it. Like, not even a yeah. single like character name or anything. <laughs> um, I just remember thinking it was cool. And yet, I'll at least wishlist this when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'll buy it, and if I do, I don't know if I'll ever play it. But I will. there will be some piece of my brain that will be telling me you should play that Gargoyles game at some point. <laughs> and isn't that the real entertainment? Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, next one. I'm, I am skipping some now. Um, so, like, disclaimer for this whole episode. There's a bunch that we're not going to cover. And we're just going to have to be okay with that. <laughs> um, Skipping down to Disney Dreamlight Valley, which apparently is doing very well. It's like near the top of the Steam selling charts. Um, yeah, right here it's good, at least from reviews and yeah. stuff I've seen. People seem to like it. Yeah, but I think the big announcement here was that they're already adding content to it, and it's Toy Story stuff. Um, but yeah, like it's actually doing well, and this is in that same spot for me that ryan just described is part of my brain will always wonder about playing it but i don't know if i ever actually will um yeah i just don't have like disney nostalgia for this kinds of things you know yeah like i've seen a lot of those movies but like i a lot of them i didn't see i just didn't grow up watching a lot of movies to begin with and then so i didn't watch a lot of disney movies either for that, that for that reason so when Disney keeps trying to capitalize on these kind of, I don't know, I guess it's not nostalgia, but I don't know. I just don't have like that kind of love for all these Disney characters right. that I feel like a lot of people do. So I just personally don't get it, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And that's, that's you my thing. get it though. Well, yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't get it for the Disney because characters. Because of Super but, Smash like, Brothers. Smash comes out and I'm like, yeah, right. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I unfortunately, I don't know. I think I like everything too much. 
<laughs> and or everything popular at least. And so Disney is another one of those things that like it works on me. Yeah. I always think it's interesting and I think it's interesting that they're using their IPs and stuff in new and new ways like this game and that trading card game that they're doing now, you know, like it's it's interesting to oh, me yeah. that they're doing it. Yeah, they seem to be reaching opening out up in a, a lot of bit. different ways. Yeah, yeah. all their stuff. <clears throat> all right, Power Rangers doesn't work on me, <laughs> and neither does Transformers. Okay, so you have some immunity. <laughs> I do, <laughs> but like the most popular ones that they basically really good marketing works on me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what makes it good. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. But yeah. I, uh, oh. I just have to say, as someone who does like these Disney characters, I don't think I'll ever play this. <laughs> and so I totally get not having that nostalgia. Like, I feel like you, like, if part of your personality is you love Disney, that's what that game is made for. So I totally get it, Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. I see no other reason to play it unless you like <laughs> breathe Disney. Or right. if you just really like these kind of life sim, farming sim, yeah, whatever yeah. sim That's true. you want to call it. Right. Because I hear it's not just ooh, a lot of Disney stuff. Like it's a good quality game, it sounds like, from what I hear. Yeah, that's true. People are impressed by how well it plays and how fun it is. So that's cool. Great. And then there was a mobile MMO avatar shooter, which <laughs> I think I, I think I literally laughed out loud at that description. Like, what are you doing? What is this? this is I love the smell of napalm in the morning. They're pushing the avatar <laughs> like people have a huge nostalgia for that series, too. And it's like, yeah, they had one movie and it was cool because it was in 3D and I had really good CGI. But. I don't remember anything else special about that movie personally. Yeah. But now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, new movies. Here's a game. We're filming the fifth one already. Here's a mobile game. Like, Hold <laughs> on. I don't know if people care this much. Yeah. I was told this it was definitely... the Star Wars of our time by someone. Right. Someone probably said that. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was my, my thought process going into it. And I was like, I don't know if I'd call this the star Wars of our time. <laughs> I mean, they did the star Wars of our time and it, that wasn't also. Yeah. We have good memes from it now. So that's nice. Yeah. I think avatar is a, is a case of executives just, slamming the table and saying money talks and it made money so it will again and that's the only reason we have more avatar stuff <laughs> but we'll see i guess okay moving forward again the next one is we saw a very strange teaser with no title but within that teaser we saw captain america and black panther and it was World War II. And then we also saw someone labeled as a soldier and someone labeled as a spy. And and that's it. That's all we get. Oh, it's by Skydance New Media, which means this is 
Amy Hennig's project, which Amy Hennig, if you don't know, is the creator of the Uncharted series, who has had terrible luck over like the last decade. She keeps bidding put on exciting sounding projects and they keep getting canceled. But hopefully this one gets finished. Uh, they didn't really say much about what this game is, but I, I will be watching it. It's a cool combo of characters and like time period. There's a lot of story potential there. I hope it goes well and I hope it's very cool. Yeah, I think it will be good, but I don't think they needed to say anything about this. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't like. I care for these kinds of trailers at all. Like, if you're not going to give me a legit trailer, at least give me a title for the game. <laughs> so you gave yeah. me. Yeah, this is literally just wow. saying, "Hey, we're making a game about Captain America and Black Panther." cool thanks yeah it kind of seems like they were looking for a reason to justify the showcase and they thought this was a big enough reveal yeah because this is an exciting reveal but it's just like yeah okay well i don't know the other weird thing about it was the pre previous game amy hennig was working on was announced in an even weirder way do you remember mm-hmm. that where they were just like they found her sitting in the crowd and was like, "What's the title of your Star Wars game?" And I forgot what it was called. That was the same game, right? No, I think you're oh. thinking of how they announced um, Jedi. Oh, what was order? it called? Yeah, that's how they announced okay. Jedi Fallen Order. Okay, I mixed it up then. Because they I also that was her game too. No, but she, she did have a Star game. Wars. She was making a Star Wars game, and it had like a three-second teaser that was, was just like, like a guy walking out of a door, and then like a Tie Fighter flew overhead. And it. And okay, that was I do Star Wars that, yeah. like one three one two or something, right? Like it was just numbers. No, again, that's another else. canceled Star Wars Ugh. project that was not <laughs> Amy Hennig's. Star Wars thirteen thirteen was like a play as a bounty hunter game that got canceled that's earlier than these other projects my mistake um yeah i think amy hennig if if i remember right the project name for her game was ragtag and it was going to be like a han solo like character and like a like a ragtag band of of smugglers or something on like a small ship and they end up doing something significant in Star Wars canon, even though, like, they have no right to do that, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that got canceled. Hmm. And then I think there was another project she was on in between the Star Wars one and this one that also got canceled. And now she's on this Marvel thing. So hopefully, even if, like, the game is not super great, I hope they just let her finish and publish a game. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, even if it's like not for me, I hope they just let her finally finish something. <laughs> all all of the pieces sound good. Yeah. She's yeah. working on it. It's Captain America, it's Black Panther. It's in a time period that we're not used to. Right. With at least Black Panther. Um but I think I would be more excited about this game if it was coming out sooner. 
right or, or if it had a name anything about it at all yeah, <laughs> yeah. something like it like, literally was it, just like this is what the story the... is well no that's a bad comparison i was gonna say the new sure. the new elder scrolls but that's even worse because that was literally just a title <laughs> card right and and the title like card a... was just six <laughs> cool right <laughs> the next number perfect thanks <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a really cheap way to try to score some points by Bethesda that yeah. I think is backfired at this point pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll yeah, wait I mean, to see more. Yeah, that's all we really can do. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that's it for Disney Marvel. Again, there were other things, but we're not going to talk about them. I mean, we haven't even made it to Nintendo yet. We're in real trouble here. Okay. The good news is... The good news is um, we don't have a lot in the next one, which is the Ubisoft one. Uh, I have two sentences. Yeah. So the first thing we want to talk about is Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Make a new Rayman game. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want this. I want a new Rayman game. Right. I don't want... So... For those of you who don't know, they announced that there will be DLC of Rayman in this game, but it's like far away. And all they showed was like literally the top of Rayman's head. And just <laughs> said, you know what it's going to be? Right. It's going to be the same gameplay, but like a, right. a Rayman-esque story. Right. And a playable Rayman character in this game. And it's if I Rayman. get that game... I will buy the DLC, but I want a new Rayman game. Right. And Ubisoft in particular has this weird trend of like, we're going to reference stuff a million times and pretend that that gets you excited, but then we're never going to give you the thing. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, we're going to put Sam Fisher in like four other games, but no, you will never have... I can't even remember the name. Splinter Cell. What is it? Splinter yeah. Cell. Oh my gosh, I blanked on that. Yeah. Well, there's a Splinter Cell show, right? <laughs> there's a show, yeah. That's the show. Well, that's not what people want. People want a yeah. TV show. <laughs> um, they did talk up their Netflix partnership as well in this, which I think is interesting. They have more stuff going on with Netflix. Um. But anyway, I'll make a new Rayman show, make a new Rayman game. Yeah, make a proper like it's Rayman. It's not <laughs> referencing Rayman. <laughs> um, the next thing I wanted to briefly mention is Just Dance 2023. They made a big deal of it has a new art direction and Ooh. it looks the same <laughs> to me. <laughs> Like maybe a bit more cartoony. I feel like it had more like visual effects. Yeah. I don't know. And then they also announced online multiplayer for Just Dance, which I do not know how that is going to work. I'm honestly surprised they haven't done that yet. Yeah. Well, I think because it doesn't work very well. Like rhythm stuff over the internet in general often like doesn't work super well. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you ever tried to sing a song on a Zoom call? It just does not work. Like, there's just enough lag 
that you can't do it. You can't all sing together. Hmm. Um, but I guess like fighting games work online, so you could probably make it work. I don't yeah. know. Well, they did Rock Band and stuff online. Yeah, I never played any of it online, but it was a thing back then. Right. So yeah, I just wonder like if it's just seeing like your friends like points rack up. I don't see what the point of that is. <laughs> and, like I don't know. We'll see. Um, but again, not something I super care about. I just thought it was interesting. Um, and then in the middle of the Ubisoft show, they embedded another show that they called the Assassin's Creed Showcase that was part of the Ubisoft Showcase, <laughs> but was a different show. It had different hosts. It was in a different location. <laughs> Um, but they announced like nine different Assassin's Creed things. So we're not going to talk about all of them, but the first one that we want to talk about is Assassin's Creed Mirage, um, which if you hadn't caught this yet, Assassin's Creed Mirage is like a throwback Assassin's Creed. Like they specifically call it like a love letter to the first game. So it's going to be more about stealth, less open world, less RPG than the other recent entries. Um, it's set in Baghdad, um, like 20 years before the events of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, because it's a character from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, Basim, that you will play as, and it's like his rise to being an assassin. Um, and honestly, the cinematic trailer for this is weirdly like one of the most impressive cinematic trailers I've ever seen. Like, it was so high quality, which is especially weird because Ubisoft, I do not associate with, like, the super, the highest quality cinematic trailers. Um, but it looked extremely cool to me. Like, I'm pretty sold on this. Uh, Curtis, you had marked that you wanted to talk about this. What did you want to say about this one? This is just the first time I've been, like, excited at all about an Assassin's Creed game in a long time. <laughs> just because the other yeah. ones... I hear they're really great Odyssey and Valhalla and everything. I mean, I hear are good games, but they're just so big that it scares me away. So having a smaller scale Assassin's Creed sounds way more interesting to me. Agreed. And it, it's smaller scale enough that they're selling it for 50 bucks, which for Ubisoft to do that, it must be pretty small, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see how small it actually is. Yeah. <clears throat> But they said it's, it's coming like, next. Oh, if, it's, if I'm done in 20 hours, I'm not buying it. I'm not worried about anything like that. I'm right. genuinely curious what Ubisoft right. think is, thinks is a smaller scale Assassin's Creed game. Right. I wish they branded these their micro Assassin's Creed titles. <laughs> um. And the I should I should also mention I think it's pretty funny one of like the deluxe edition bonuses is an armor set inspired by Prince of Persia, but they did not say anything about the Prince of Persia remake in the showcase at all. They just referenced it weirdly through this. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with that remake that they announced that it was supposed to come out like last January or something, but has now just disappeared. Another one that Ubisoft is like, oh, we're going to reference this. We know you love it, but no, you can't have it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. 
Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Am I moving forward? Does someone else have something to say? No, you're Please good. move forward. Okay. And the next one we wanted to talk about is something that they're just calling Assassin's Creed, codename Red, which is finally, finally, after years of people begging as Assassin's Creed in Japan. Uh, Curtis, you also marked this one. What did you want to say about this one? I'm just not entirely sure what it is, but it sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it this was another small scale one like Mirage. No, they said this one would be a a mainstream. I, I can't remember. Basically, they said this is like a tentpole Assassin's Creed title, and it's being made by the wow. team that made Odyssey. So I think this one will be bigger. Hmm. Okay. Curious. It seems like we're getting a lot of Japan, like yes. What's the word? Not the for the right time frame of that Japan. To... Uh, I don't know. Not Imperial, <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, like the shogunate period. I like, I don't know what like. But you mean like samurai? Yeah, like the samurai kind of. Yeah. Between the. Uh, my gosh, I'm forgetting all the names. You had Sekiro, and then you had the PlayStation One Ghost. Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, yeah. And then there's just been a few other announcements. No spoilers right. for this podcast or anything, but you know. Yeah, we'll get there. But then there was also that one. At oh, what was that? There was one like being. There was one that looked like Ghost of Tsushima in China, that was announced somewhere recently. I don't remember that one. I can't, I can't remember what showcase that was. But yeah, there's a lot of not just like action adventure games, but very specifically like Japanese Ghost of Tsushima likes coming out all of a sudden. <laughs> um, okay, so they also announced a whole other like tentpole Assassin's Creed game called Hexay, like codename Hexay. I don't think these are final titles, of course. Um, and then they said Assassin's Creed Infinity will be like a hub that houses Assassin's Creed games and might somehow have multiplayer involved. And they were very vague. Uh, Ryan, what did you want to say about this? This is the most exciting thing to me. Okay. Like I, I, cause they said that they like, Either people were saying, or they said, I don't actually know. <laughs> uh, like, they could remake the first, like, three Assassin's Creed and have it be part of this. And mm -hmm. this is kind of like, if they do it right, this is kind of something I want them to do with Pokemon. Or, like, I oh, wish I that, like, tie everything there together. Was, yeah, because they've got uh, Pokemon Home. And they've had Pokemon Bank. But I feel like it would be more exciting if there was a hub I could like go through and like keep my same character, but travel to each like land. And it doesn't even have to be like an MMORPG right. type of experience or anything. I just wish that like my one character could go to every single region of Pokemon and right. 
honestly, the thing with Assassin's Creed that intrigues me the most is the weird sci-fi story that they're going back in time. Right. To do, like, become these assassins. And I wanted to play the first couple of Assassin's Creed games, but they're just too old at this point where I'm like, I wish they would remake it. And so this could be something that makes me want to play them. And it's an interesting idea. I don't know what it will be like once they give more information, but my dream of it sounds really interesting (laughs) to me. Yeah. I'll be curious to see what they make of this too. Cause I think this could be anywhere from like a glorified loyalty program where it's just like you get points from one game to the next and they pretend they're connected or it really could be like a hub world that you can then like go into and completely play this other game, but then you come back to the hub world and there's like references and that connects it. So it's like the next level of narrative joining the games. Cause there's already a lot of that in Assassin's Creed. So like making that more, I don't know, explicit through like an actual hub software yeah it could be really interesting it could be anywhere on that spectrum knowing ubisoft so we'll see what it really ends up being another worry is that it's like platformception of like you open you play to play assassin's creed yes infinite and then (laughs) but that's essentially what it is is it's just the assassin's creed it's just a launcher yeah ubisoft (laughs) platform yeah so you have to launch yeah. into you play to launch into this thing and to launch into Assassin's Creed. Game. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's about immersion, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but back to the rumors you were hearing, Ryan. Uh, I did hear a rumor that Assassin's Creed Mirage is basically them setting up the tools they need to do remakes of the first at least two games. So that that could be a thing that they're doing. And so that's why it's a love letter to the first game, because it's them like prepping to actually do the remake. Yeah. Which would be right. I would be interested in playing that. Yeah. I hope it just doesn't disappear like the Prince of Persia remake. Okay, and that's all we're going to say about Ubisoft Forward. Um, Because now we finally made it to Nintendo. Which, whatever else you say about this Nintendo Direct, there was like... Can you up this water bottle? No. Sorry, I don't know why I feel the need to... Maybe we'll hear it. I've, I'm using headphone microphone, so I would literally have to put my face your head down. Water. <laughs> uh, I'll stop anyway. interrupting. Please no, no worries. What I was going to say is, no matter how you feel about Nintendo Direct, I think it had like 64 games either like announced or displayed or and somehow like referenced in 40 minutes. Look, that's just pretty bonkers all by itself. It, it did feel, feel like, long. It felt yeah. to me. 
I felt a little long, I guess. But it didn't feel like it was going too fast either. Yeah, well, and I included, like, everything, including the, like, montages of, like, I don't know what. Like, sometimes in between real announcements, they'll just, like, show 20-second clips of stuff. I wrote all those down, too, Um, just to see what the final total would be. Um, But anyway, we're not going to talk about everything. Um, But we did want to talk about... What I think was the very first announcement of the direct was Fire Emblem Engage, a new mainline Fire Emblem game. Uh, Ryan, what did you want to say about this? Um, I don't know. It's Fire <laughs> Emblem. There's a new one. I I'm very interested in these games. I still have to go back and do Three Houses, and Three this houses. one looked better to me in the sense that they didn't show any like simulation stuff in between i was gonna say the same thing it feels like weirdly simpler than three houses which is like intriguing to me which i i think i would prefer just in terms of i prefer playing shorter games at this point in my life and so Three Houses was really fun and really engaging, but some of the like school simulation parts kind of dragged on for me and I was ready for the next battle. Yeah. And so this I mean, one could be a better entry point for me if that's right. the case, or they just didn't show the sim simulation right. portion of it. And they did show that it seems like a big mechanic of this one will be like wearing artifacts that connect you to previous protagonists of previous Fire Emblem games and they like power up your attacks. Which I think almost every Fire Emblem game at this point is about Fire Emblem. Like they keep doing this like this is just a game where we get to reference our other games. <laughs> I legit thought this was a new like Fire Emblem Warriors or like, uh, uh, like they're announcing I mean, something for Fire Emblem Heroes on mobile because of the Marth thing and stuff. Right. <laughs> when it started, Curtis, I did think, is this just Fire Emblem Super Smash Brothers? And I was like, they did it. Yeah. Like, they I just it was made a like Fire Emblem character fighting game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Pokemon tournament for Fire Emblem. Like, yeah. The thing that everyone complained about <laughs> in Super Smash Bros. Yeah. Ultimate, there right. are too many Fire Emblem they're, characters. They're just going all in and saying, <laughs> <laughs> what if you just had Fire Emblem characters? <laughs> I heard a lot of people thought this was another Smash reveal too. I'm just yeah, it, it had that vibe. But <laughs> no, <laughs> well, never mind. I thought it had that vibe. <laughs> I made a joke today that's like I'm surprised the protagonist, the new protagonist with like the red and blue hair, isn't already in Smash. It's right. been like three whole days. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I don't really like his design. Oh, people have been trashing it like crazy yeah. on the internet. Just the hair and the eyes. The ha- the hair is too much. Yeah. I just feel like they need to pick a color and go with it. 
or right. do like blue hair and blue eyes or red hair and blue eyes and like do red and blue throughout the rest of what he's wearing but uh, mixing it in his hair and eyes is weird to me i don't know yeah little, there's also little on the nose. a character it's not on those it's in his hair but you know you get it <laughs> there's a character in the current battle pass for Fortnite that is like the same concept of like one half is red and one half is blue but it like alternates like she has a red bracelet on one wrist and a blue bracelet on one wrist but one of her guns is red and one is blue and like I think her pants are red or blue something like that it's like the same colors and the same concept and so it just makes it feel even more cheap to me. Yeah. It's like this is this is Fortnite. You did a Fortnite thing. <laughs> but will and the other weird thing about Fire Emblem Engage is it says January twentieth, twenty twenty three. Like that's pretty quick actually. Soon, yeah. yeah. So Which is we'll see we'll see what it really is. <laughs> but Nintendo does do that a lot. Yes, and they do. That is the release. Like, I prefer that <laughs> way more than I prefer the Black Panther Captain America game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But also, didn't like, just for, well, I guess Fire Emblem Heroes is done by a different team. So it's been a while since Three Houses. But they just released a new Fire Emblem Heroes like a couple months ago, right? Or even less than yeah. that. Did they really? Yeah, I it's mean, like it's the Fire Emblem Heroes that's like based on Three Houses. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Maybe they're trying to make Fire Emblem like Zelda or Mario or Pokemon, where if there's not a mainline game coming out, there's something with that in the title right. that comes out during the year. Oh, and sorry, Fire Emblem Heroes is the mobile game. Fire Emblem Warriors yes. is the the Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. Three Hopes is what it's called. Yeah, okay. That also has a ridiculous, well, I don't know if it's the protagonist, but a character in the key art just has this bright pink hair that looks kind of crazy. At least they're probably the same color. That's true. They do look the same color. I did see someone point out that this new protagonist looks like a VTuber, like on Twitch. <laughs> and then someone actually I photoshopped mean... him in front of like Fortnite or something, and it looked like <laughs> that's exactly what it looked like. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the fire emblem look in general. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he fits so well, though. It was weird. Yeah, well, yeah, this one in particular, I guess, is just another level. Yeah, I totally see that. That was pretty funny. That is pretty good. Okay, anyway, that was Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, the next one was It Takes Two coming to Switch. Uh, Curtis, what did you want to say about that? All I'll say is that this feels like the perfect place for this game to me is on Switch. Because when I think like multiplayer games, I think the Switch is the best place for them. It looks a little rough when you compare it to the other versions, but that makes sense. But the co-op gameplay feels like it's going to be a good fit here. That's all. Yeah. 
I hope it does well. Uh, next one, Fatal Frame Mask of the Lunar Eclipse, which I think is a game that just wasn't released in the West before, if I understood right. Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. So it's not like new, it's just now coming to the West. Uh, Ryan, what do you want to say here? Um, one of these days, I'm going to play one of these games. <laughs> I, I, I'm intrigued by this franchise. And I don't think there's really anything that's going to make it a priority for me, but I want to try it at some point. Yeah. Um, the one on the Wii U was particularly interesting because it like you used the. I don't remember what they called the second screen thing, but you would like hold it up to the TV and take the picture. And I thought that was cool, actually. <laughs> Is that the one they remade? For switch already i think it is yeah yeah okay yeah okay uh moving on xenoblade 3 expansion ryan that's back to you again i just want to read one sentence <laughs> that was said during this and i i immediately had to write it down to remember to say this Introducing Wave 2 of the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 expansion pass for the Xeno Chronicles 3 game. <laughs> what a sentence. What a sentence. I also immediately thought that was weirdly worded. Like, <laughs> I wonder if that's a translation thing, but I was like, uh, yeah, we get clear, it. This is not for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Or is it wave one for one of those games? <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> um, I also wanted to mention uh, they made it seem like it was a big deal that there was fitness boxing Fist of the North Star. And I just have to say, what is fi Fist of the North yeah. Star? I thought that was a funny trailer. The tone of voice that he was using was like, fight big bosses and train. Or yeah. Something like it. yeah. Yeah. I, I guess so that's a franchise that to some people is a big deal, but like I, I maybe heard so that name before. before, but now it is. Yeah. But I have, I have no idea what that is. So sorry to the fans of that game. I, I don't know what that was. <laughs> uh, next one is Tunic coming to Switch Ryan what do you want to say here coming out on everything I highly recommend this game and just look at a trailer you'll know if you'll like it or not probably but right. if you like this sort of game or are looking for like a good entry point into this sort of game it is really well done and I've said it before, I'll say it again. The puzzles and secrets are some of the best I've seen in video games. Now on Switch. Or yeah. soon to be on Switch. I think it's the same day as the PlayStation 1 <clears throat> is coming out. Or a similar time frame. Yeah. yeah. Okay, next one. Octopath Traveler 2. 
coming February 24th, 2023. Ryan, this was also on your list. I want to play this. And it is exciting. And it does look like it could be better than the first one, just based off them going in those little boats on the river. But I can't play this until I beat the first Octopath Traveler, which was stolen from me. (laughs) And so I'd have to rebuy the first Octopath Traveler and finish the remaining half of the game, which requires me to grind. And then buy Octopath Traveler 2, which is probably another like 50 hour game. So will I play it anytime soon? Probably not. (laughs) <laughs> but I love this art style. I like Octopath Traveler. <laughs> it's easy, my That's it. To, <clears throat> recall it. Address some of the issues people had with the first one. I talked about the characters interacting more or something like that. Their stories yeah. weaving together more. Which would be cool. I I didn't... I kind of liked how they did it, the interweaving, but it wasn't like that cool either, I guess. So, okay. Yeah. I get it. And that would be, it would make it way better yeah. if it did that. So, yeah. It looks okay. interesting though. I hope it turns out well. They seem to be cranking those games out too. Like, Octopath, Triangle Strategy, Octopath 2. I guess it, it's been a few years in between those, but yeah. it seems to have a lot of momentum. They really feature those hard all the time. So I guess people like them. It's going well. Uh, the next one is... How do you say this? Theat Rhythm? Theatrhythm? Theater Rhythm? Yeah. Uh... A theater Rhythm Final Bar Line coming February 16th, 2023. Ryan, this was also your list. We're like hitting all yours back to back. I know. It's just another one that like I've heard people talk about this game and then I see it and I'm like alright, cool, it's a rhythm game with Final Fantasy music. I could see myself playing that in a very like a rare circumstance but then they say that they're releasing this DLC with a bunch of like Square Enix games that I've played recently, like Live Alive and Octopath Traveler. And then I'm like, I kind of want to play this more now. But I don't know. I don't know if I ever will. It's just an interesting uh, phenomena that I realize in my brain. Yeah. And it it's similar with that one Kingdom Hearts uh, rhythm game that came out. And I was like, the only reason I want to play this is because it unlocks one music track on Super Smash Brothers that you can't get anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) And so Um, Square Enix, you know how to get me. But with that being said, will I play either of those games anytime soon? Probably not. When it's on sale for like Five to ten dollars, maybe. After everything has come out on Switch. The thing that got me about this is 
they flashed a thing on the screen saying like there were these packs of extra songs. Yeah, I was confused by how that was going to work. But one of them was like 400 and one of them was 500. Like in the end, you got 942 extra songs, which just Did seems they ridiculous. Say that? Because yeah. my understanding was one was 400, but if you bought the expansion, it would turn it into 500. Oh, maybe I misunderstood. Because I, I thought that they said the DLC was going to have like 90 extra songs or something like that. I could be mistaken I, also, though. I just saw those two numbers on screen and any version of this, that just seems like way too many songs. <laughs> Like, how long would it take to even play 400 songs like back to back? Like, I'm assuming even if they're only like two minutes each. Anyway, it's just like, that's too many. Like, who who can care about that many songs at once? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but good on them. I mean, seems like a valuable DLC if you're into the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, next one. There's a bunch of 64 Nintendo 64 games coming to the um, Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass or whatever they call it. Pilot Wings, Mario Party, Pokemon Stadium, 1080 Snowboarding, Sight Excite Bite 64, and as like a extra big reveal at the end, Goldeneye with online play. Uh, Curtis, what did you want to say about this? Oh, that's fine. I guess I'm more worried about Mario Party with online play. <laughs> that's a good point. Why Mario not Party give it to Mario Party and three? I haven't been really. I haven't really thought that I need to get the new <laughs> tier or whatever, but then Mario Party showed up. I'm like, oh, mm, I kind of want to upgrade now. <laughs> GoldenEye is good, too. That's fun. That's there. GoldenEye. I disagree. Really? <laughs> I think you it, played it GoldenEye? Good. I don't know, man. It doesn't. It's it's fun to play like for an hour. Be like, oh, man, remember this game? And then it's silly for a little bit. And then you, I don't know. Which I feel like is the purpose of the expansion pass, in my opinion. That's true. That's a very good point. Of getting the NCC4. I do agree, though, that if you, me, James, and someone else got it, and we played Mario Party 2 at 4 in the morning, 50 turns. Yes. Sounds great. It would be worth it. It'd be so worth it. Uh, and then there's some weirdness going on that I haven't looked into. But they're also releasing GoldenEye on Xbox. But it doesn't I get online. I believe they don't have online yet. Yeah, yeah. But it's got the 4K resolution or something. <laughs> yeah. I also heard it has stick controls as an option. I don't know if that's the case on the Switch one. Did you hear the Rare Replay thing? I thought that was cool. No, I didn't. If you own Rare Replay, you get it for free. Oh, that is cool. As it, like They add it to the game for free. 
They should have added a replay to Steam. I wish that. <laughs> the one game I want to play on Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just weird. I, I don't know, like, all the legal background stuff that's making all that happen. It just seems weird. Yeah. But uh, anyway, the next one, and probably the biggest announcement of the whole, the whole week, Various Day Life, <laughs> published by Square Enix. <laughs> a, a game that... One of the marketing lines in it was literally do daily tasks to build character. And then it mentioned like hundreds of daily tasks to do. Uh, and and this was a shadow drop. It came out later that day. So there you go. Um, Curtis, anything else you wanted to say there? It's the name is hilarious to me, and I thought probably the logo too. It looks yeah. like the Octopath Traveler logo. Like it reminds me of when it was Project uh, Octopath Traveler, Tri- Project Triangle right. Strategy, and it's just they're just not even worrying like, about project anymore. And there's like, oh, I'll just use a project name. It doesn't matter anymore. It'll get more press that way, and people are like various day life. Yeah. Wish that they said that it was coming out in like three months, and then two months later, they're like, "We are now releasing the official name, Project Various Day Life." Got <laughs> yes. the other way. Oh <laughs> yeah. man. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot actually, because it's like Square Enix publishes ripoffs of its own game. Like, Square Enix does some of the biggest RPGs ever, like Final Fantasy. And, but then they just keep releasing these, like, bargain bin, like, Christmas gift from grandma. Like, what is this? <laughs> RPGs. Yeah. Like, various day life. And to me, it's like if the Pokemon company came out with a game <clears throat> called, like, cute mon or something and they tried to sell it to you with a straight face and it was just like cheap pokemon and like they just made both of these games and they were just like yeah buy a ball like that's what it feels like to me it's like what are you doing square enix this is so weird i wonder if they just but, upload all of their games into like an ai that generates for yeah. Enix games, and sometimes uh, they're remakes, and sometimes they're brand new experiences. I I have seen people wondering that on the internet this week because there's just so many, and and the yeah. logos look the same, and the gameplay looks the same, and whatever Square Enix do your thing. Uh, the next one is Factorio, being ported to the Nintendo Switch on October 28th. Curtis, this is on your list. Just seems like a cool port for the Switch. I've never played this game, but I heard people like it. it. Seems like a fun time on Switch. That's all. I really like Factorio. I think my issue is 
I can't play it in short bursts, and so that would be my problem <laughs> with the Switch. I ha- like I feel like if you play it in a short burst, you accomplish nothing. It's similar to Civ oh, yeah. Civilization. But you I think some it. people prefer it that way. Yeah. And so that was just my counterpoint, Curtis. Right. For my personal being. That's I've never <laughs> played it, so you know, you have more experience than I do. But it is fun. I think it should be on everything. The next one, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce. Ib? Eeb? Ib. Spring 2023. Ryan, this is on your list. It looks cool. I, I like when games like this come out. And even if I don't play them, like Undertale, I've never played. <laughs> oh, that is but, a good comparison, though. It does kind of have like that Undertale feel. It reminds me yeah. of the, uh, or Amori. Amori feels like. Yeah. Yeah. In between of this and, and Undertale. It just looked cool. That's all. Something for, for people to check out. Yeah. The next one that I want to mention briefly. Atelier, Atelier, Atelier Ryza 3, Alchemist of the End and the Secret Key. Secret Key, February 24, 2023. I don't know any of these people personally, but there is a group to whom this was a huge announcement. Um, after I finished Tales of Arise, I went looking like, what are the best JRPGs? I was, I was on a JRPG high, kind of like I'm on a Marvel high right now. And I was like, I want to go find more to play, um, which is ultimately why I played Persona 5. Um, but on almost every list, I looked at the Atelier series was there. And Atelier Ryza and Atelier Ryza 2 were near the top of almost all of like the best JRPG lists. So the fact that there's a Atelier Ryza 3, I think, is probably a big deal to a very certain group of people. So congrats to all of them. Um, but they do not dub any of these games in English. And for some reason, for me, I'm just like, well, OK, that's my line. Like, if there's not English voice acting, it just seems like a step too far for me for some reason. <laughs> Like it feels like it's 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 not really made for American audiences. I don't know. Like uh, I I don't know what it is. It's it, I gotta cut them off somewhere. So that's that was the line for me. <laughs> so oh, congrats back in. Congrats to those people. Uh, hey, real quick. In case yeah. I'm just curious, that Ib or Eve game, however you pronounce it, is out on Steam already. I don't know what the release date was oh. on Switch, but it's out on Steam. Yeah, it's, it said Spring 2023 yeah, for Switch. $13 on Steam. Well, there you go. Just in case anyone's curious. <laughs> the old wish list now. <laughs> uh, the next one was Pikmin Bloom. 
why this was, did they talk yeah, about this? This was I a mean, weird segment. <laughs> that was weird. I, was so I weird. guess, like, it doesn't even make sense if no one's downloading it. Because this isn't this doesn't feel like the place to like market it. It just it disrupts everything. Especially for how long like, it went on. Yeah. I didn't mind a little plug. I was like, oh yeah. And it makes yeah. sense that, you know, Miyamoto's plugging it. That makes sense to me. But then it he just kinda kept talking. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I was so confused Miyamoto where that whole section. segment was going to go because I was like, oh, yeah. is this Pikmin? Is this going to be a Mario movie trailer? Is this going to be something bigger? <laughs> I got so confused. But yeah, Pikmin Bloom, it's on phones. And then it got even weirder because he did say the thing that everyone wanted him to say, which was Pikmin 4 but then had nothing to show like literally at all. Almost. Yeah. Ryan, what was your reaction to Pikmin four? I'm excited. I really loved Pikmin three, which I bought on a whim when they remade it or when they released it for the switch. And I'm in. I'm in for any Pikmin game they come out, any mainline one. I didn't buy that 3DS one, but uh, all they needed to show me was a logo for me to know I'm in. This is it. Yeah. And if it comes out in 2023, great. If they delay it a little bit, I'm fine with that too. (laughs) I'm just like, I, I don't know. I was itching for more Pikmin. And so, there it Knowing is. Nintendo, I feel like it will come out in 2023 because how much work can you put into a Pikmin game? I mean, it's not oh, Zelda, oh, so oh, yeah, they'll, they'll probably... It's been in development for forever. That's true. But that just means they finally figured out what would make this perfect, perfect <laughs> Pikmin for. Yeah. I don't know. I Like, I... They didn't show anything, but for some reason that was okay for me in this situation. I thought it was interesting that he didn't he specifically specifically call out how well it'll play on the Switch, like the controls. I think he. My interpretation of it was not necessarily on the Switch, but more so like they fine tuned the gameplay where you can like control the Pikmin like like you don't have to do as much work to like get them okay. to do what you want to do I guess because I really liked how it controlled Pikmin 3 controlled in the Wii U actually had a good time playing it there although it's probably annoying but like you could use the stylus to aim and stuff and then you aim and then you, you tap to throw the Pikmin and so then you just feel like a you know, like tap, 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 <laughs> the Pikmin, but that's fun. I thought it worked really well. So I was curious. I didn't know how I didn't play it on the switch. So I don't know how it controlled there, but you just use the right stick. And I thought it worked really well. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I thought that was an interesting comment he made. It's a weird segment overall. But Pikmin but 4 is a big yeah. announcement. Pikmin 4. That's real. That's cool. Yeah. 
You can buy a T-shirt. That was really funny. Like they really are selling that T-shirt. Yeah, and that's really something you can buy on the Nintendo shop right now. I heard it was already like sold out in medium and large sizes, though. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. That will probably be in our uh, for the chance time awards most awkward. O- awkward, yeah. It's got to be a nominee uh, for sure. What is it? Awkward game presentation Video moment or something. Moment, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he just, yeah, because he talked about the Mario movie. He <laughs> talked about Super Mario or Super Nintendo World or whatever. And then he talked about Pick and Bloom for forever. That's <laughs> just so weird. <laughs> Yeah, and like showed his screen, like it went forever. <laughs> yeah, this is a weird segment. Yeah. Uh, but then I'm skipping over a couple. But then we got to see Bayonetta three out October 28th, which I think we knew that date already, maybe. But now you can pre-order it. Yeah, pretty sure we knew. And then they said, "Go watch a real gameplay trailer of this." later we're not going to make it part of nintendo direct um but we'll have and they did in there for (laughs) (laughs) and they did release like a seven and a half minute gameplay trailer of bayonetta 3 did either of you watch it no i didn't it looks so cool (laughs) 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 like just from a pure like gameplay perspective, I was like, "Dang, this looks amazing!" But then it also, at the end of the trailer, is like, "And don't worry, if you want to tap into Bayonetta's naughtier side, there are combos for you. Each one more beautiful and brutal than the last." And I was like, "It's really a shame because this looks like some of the coolest like action combat." seen in a while and you can like call down these huge demons and like they strike and then you can like combo into like the strikes they do or sometimes they can like immobilize a character and like it just is so stylish and so cool looking but then she's you know super sexy all the time and I don't think I can do it but Dang, it looked good. <laughs> like, it looked very fun to play. So, I, congrats to the people who will play this. <laughs> to hopefully make you feel better, Paul. I didn't really... I played the first two Bayonettas and felt uncomfortable. <laughs> but the first one, I feel like, was a bit outdated. And the second one, it did play really well. But in total, it was about like a five hour experience. Mm, And I think it's one of those games that is you're meant to like play it again to get better scores and stuff like that. Like perfect it. Yeah. And so even if it is really good, it still might be a short experience. I mean, maybe this one is a longer one. And so I have no idea. I think maybe you you might be okay skipping it but people love bayonetta and yeah i mean i'm sure it was has a lot to do with it right i mean it was it was getting like 10 out of 10s and was on people's like game of the year lists bayonetta 2 so i mean 
I'm sure it'll be great. I just don't think I can. You don't want to have to be playing it inside of a closet. Hope, hope yeah. And like the, the door, especially because it's on the switch. Like there cannot be a game on my switch that my son does not find and try to play and beg to play. Like I can't keep a secret game on the switch. It's just not going to work. <laughs> I mean, they've got the controls. But I don't think you can totally hide a game. You can just have it not start. Just block it. Yeah. And and that's worse. Having him sit there and like beg and say, what is this? I want to try it. I just want to try it. What is it? What is it? What is it? Like, no matter how good the game is, it would not be worth it. (laughs) You just tell him. The game is figuring out how to open it. (laughs) (laughs) The game is grow up and find out. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, it looks very cool. (laughs) Uh, Next one. Sifu. Probably still my game of the year, 2022. Sifu. Coming to Nintendo Switch on November 8th. Uh, Curtis, you had put this on your list. What did you want to say here? Same thing as Factorio. Cool, it's coming to Switch. <laughs> I don't I, know if it'd I be, like, be a curious. fit, but I just think it's I was going to say, I'll be curious to see how this works, because I, I don't know if I would want to play this game with Joy-Cons. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It, it, it's pretty demanding. But like people play Dark Souls on Switch, so you it's can play Sifu on Switch. I'm sure. I don't know. It's a lot slower pace, though. I imagine. Yeah, that's probably true. What are you gonna say, Ryan? Is it worse? Would you think it's worse that they ported it to Switch, or would it be worse if they did a cloud version? Oh, I don't think a cloud version. I, in most cases, I don't think a cloud version would work. It's, you know, pretty timing sensitive. Yeah, that makes sense. Fair. But yeah, I mean, I I want people to play this game, so put it on Switch, of course. I mean, a pro controller, it would be great. But Joy-Cons seems seems like you'd hurt your hands after a while. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next one, also on Curtis's list, Crisis Core Final Fantasy Reunion, out December 13th. That's Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion, actually. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited that this is coming out on other things besides the PSP, because I played a little bit of it on the PSP back in the day, but I never got through too much of it. But I remember it being fun, or then I, I just don't have a PSP anymore, so there's not really a way to a good way to play it. And it looks good. Like it doesn't look like the PSP game. Like the the graphics look like they've done a good job upresing them or remastering them, whatever they they did to make them look nice. It looks really nice. So that's exciting to me. It looks good. Sweet. <clears throat> I don't know if anyone else is gonna be really excited about it if you weren't into Final Fantasy Seven. I can't imagine people being like, Oh yeah. I'm gonna play the prequel and then the normal Final Fantasy Seven. Like doesn't I don't know. I can't here's, imagine those here's my, people. Here's my current plan, Curtis. Play original Final Fantasy VII. Okay. 
then play Final Fantasy VII Remake, then play Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, then play Final Fantasy Crisis Core Remake Reunion, whatever it's called. Gotcha. That's my trajectory. And I only want to play the original first because there's so many differences that people talk about that I'm like, I want to understand the differences. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it could, what I could do is play the beginning of final fantasy and then play the remake and just play the parts that the remakes are going to cover. You'd be done very but, quick. <laughs> the original <laughs> but then I feel like I need to understand the ending to get like the twists yeah and so we'll see but I don't know I want to play at least one Final Fantasy game in my day and I feel like 7 is the one to do yeah and by play one game, I mean, play the entire experience of one game. <laughs> yeah. It's funny to me how much they're going in on Final Fantasy VII. But... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder Aranex, if other people feel like, just make it's anything. Like, like Disney and Avatar. If other people who don't care about Final Fantasy VII are like, why are they doing this? Like, Do people care that much? <laughs> Okay, the next one. Speaking of, do people care that much? Tales of Symphonia remastered, coming early twenty twenty three. You're the first person I thought of all when they announced this. <laughs> Here's the thing, though i I don't have any connection to the wider series. I just really liked that one game. So this isn't like an instant buy for me. I don't really know anything about this game. <laughs> I still um, of you. Yes, and I had someone else tell me like, well, because before Tales of Arise, and I think still to a lot of people, this is the best one. Like, this is the Tales of game. So that's cool. It doesn't look similar to what Arise is, and so... Yeah, that's my it thing. Looks is kind of outdated... Yeah, in those terms, and so I was like, Paul probably won't play this, but yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, leaning toward it at this point. But maybe I don't know. I I don't. It's a real problem I have going back to old games. I I just can't do it for some reason. Um, Curtis, did you have anything you want to say on Tales of Symphonia? Um, it's just a JRPG that. Like a classic one that I'm glad is right. has more, like it's easy to play now. It's yeah, made accessible to people again, which I think is cool after how Live Alive went and how well that turned out. You know, I think right. it's cool that these older games are getting another shot. I don't know if I'll ever get around to playing this one, but I'm glad it's around. Is all. Yeah. Okay. We're into the last two of Nintendo. Second to last one, Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe coming February 24th, 2023. Ryan, this was on your list. Once again, 
another Kirby game makes its way into my eye line and <laughs> I have the hesitation. Will this be another Kirby game that is so easy that it's kind of boring to me? Or will this be a good one? Uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Most Kirby games don't hit that hard for me. Uh, the One of the reasons why this one seems like one I would like to try out at some point is the Wii and the Wii U were big blind spots for me in Nintendo's history where GameCube was kind of the last, like, it was the last system I owned before I got a Switch, a Nintendo-wise at least. And so anytime they do a Wii U or a Wii game, I'm kind of interested because I sort of miss that era. And so I'd, I'd be willing to try this, but again, I don't really know if it was a good Kirby game or what people really thought of it, or if it's just like, this is kind of another simple Kirby game. It's not for everybody. No, I never That's played it. so <clears throat> I cannot answer your questions. Yeah. They also they seem to be going all in on Kirby. Like That's true. There's a lot of Kirby happening all of a sudden. But I guess people are going for it. When did uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land came out March, right? Yeah, and then there's that the cake one, the like race one. Is that out or coming out? That's yeah, it's out. Kirby. Yeah. Wasn't there another Kirby thing that came out too? There was a free to play one that was like a. You, you fight, was it a boss rush one or you fight each other? One of the two. That was yeah. a while ago, I think, though. Yeah, there's just, I don't know. It seemed like there was not anything Kirby for a long time. And now we've like pretty consistently had new Kirby announcements for a couple of years. Anyway, let's get to the big one. Because we still haven't even started State of Play. <laughs> it's real. It has a release date. It has a name. The Legend of Zelda. Tears of the Kingdom. Coming May 12th, 2023. It's not Tears of the Kingdom? It is not Tears of the Kingdom. Because it's been confirmed that the Japanese title is tears and those are very different words in japanese but they did they did not pronounce the name in english so that was a question that immediately came up but then was resolved by the japanese translation but yes tears when i saw it and there's also speculation that the reason Nintendo UK didn't live stream this was because of this title because the queen died and they thought it was disrespectful or something. Oh, because all the people in the kingdom have tears. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, but anyway, the second bad timing sort of name slash thing that they've done with Advance Wars being the first. Yes. 
We're just like, what bad timing that was. Yeah. Sorry, Nintendo. But uh, anyway, what, what was your reaction to this? Anyone? Or Curtis? I was waiting on you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ryan, you go first. <laughs> I, that's always my question. Is it anyone or Curtis? Um, <laughs> I, I thought this looked really good. All I needed was a name and a release date. And they and delivered that's about that. all you got. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like, though, and I, I do have similar feelings with God of War Ragnarok, where I don't really need much. Like, I, I, I think that I don't know. I'm already excited for this game and I'm glad that it's coming out soon. But yeah, maybe. This I think is the it first, is. this is the first time we've heard a release date. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> I think you need to be prepared in this day and age. <laughs> I'm ready to play it on May whatever 12. the day was, 12th. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be in line. Even if they say they're going to delay it, I'm going to believe that it's coming out. <laughs> Last minute oh, yeah. reversal. It's not delayed. <laughs> it's on your switch now. <laughs> yeah. I do think this is the reason why they didn't announce the ports, by the way. Because I think they're waiting for a Zelda lull to release those Wind Waker and Twilight Princess ports that people seem to be sure exist, including myself. <laughs> Even though like there's no proof, would have been a good time to do it though. Either that or like I, January, February. I agree, but I wonder if I don't know. I could also see them being like, "We need a Zelda every year, and this will fit in the years we don't have Zelda." Hmm. But I could, I, I definitely agree with you that. I personally would have preferred it to come out in fall because I really want to play Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, especially after my Skyward Sword experience. Um, but yeah, looking forward to this. Yeah. What do you guys have to say? Curtis, yeah, what was your reaction here? No, I agree. I just think the whole sky motif looks really nice. It looks beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited because they keep putting little like snippets of gameplay where Link looks different in one shot. And then he's got like the long hair and weird arm in the next shot. Right. And they keep swapping between the two. So they're putting just enough details in these trailers to make it look really exciting. Like he asks those kinds of questions. But they don't give you any answers whatsoever. So right. I don't know. I'm excited. Just, just gonna keep waiting. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, my reaction is basically like, okay, but show me the game, and then I'll react. I'm still just kind of like, okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll I don't see. know how much if they have like a full on gameplay trailer. I don't know how much I'm gonna really want to watch it though, honestly. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on it now because now I'm kind of ready. Yeah. Now that I know the date and the name and 
seen enough of it. I feel like I'm just kind of ready to play it when it's ready, which I do think is right. going to come out in May. I feel like they're, they've been careful enough about it to keep delaying it before they ever get that. I mean, it never had a solid release date. They just kept no, giving it, us like in 2022. They, yeah. They did say 2022. And like, yeah. that's, they've only given us like a whole year worth, but now that they suddenly went from a year's window down to a specific date, like, right? It seems like they're pretty confident in that. I believe it was in 2021 at one point too. Was it really? Yeah. yeah, I think when they first announced it, they said it was coming 2021. Wow, that's wild. But yes, then. They, I guess it has already had several delays, so that can give you more confidence in the release date. Yeah. If they had said, like, spring 2023, I wouldn't be convinced, though. Right. <laughs> right. All right. That wraps it up for Nintendo Direct. And there's not a ton to talk about in PlayStation State of Play, but... Let's get into it. Tekken 8. Mm-hmm. It's real. Curtis, what did you want to say about this? I just think it looks real cool. I miss playing Tekken. That was a pretty cool trailer. It was a pretty cool trailer. I can't. I feel like it was gameplay, but they made it look cinematic <laughs> at the same time. It looked cool. Tekken's yeah. It's wild, man. Tekken's weird. But and really, there was really a cool like moment. That. There's a cool moment in the trailer where like a guy jumps and another guy is like kicking and he like just barely clears his yeah. foot. Yeah. And I had the same I had the same thought of like this could actually be yeah. gameplay like, or something that happens in the game that can happen in the game. Yeah, like if something Even like that if, happens and it zooms in to like show how close you were. Yeah. Because if I yeah, remember right, Tekken like gameplay is like that, like if you yeah. punch too high and they go for a low kick, like you'll just miss and they'll hit you. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I could see them. I wonder if they're like actually zooming in like that in an actual match or not. I don't know, but it I looked think really would... nice and really fun. Yeah. Like it was very smooth. It looks really cool. Yeah. I haven't played Tekken much in such a long time since like college when I had roommates to play with. Right. So that's the only reason I really haven't. I don't want to try to play online all that much because I know I'll probably just get wrecked. <laughs> oh, <over>. yeah. <laughs> so, but playing, I have good memories playing Tekken on the couch with my brothers and with roommates and stuff. Yeah. So it makes me excited to it's, see. Tekken it's also so interesting. Good. It's interesting how Tekken and Street Fighter are on like the same cycle, I think, because it looks like they'll both release new ones in 2023. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure seven Tekken seven and Street Fighter five released pretty close to each other too. So that's kind of funny how they're just kind of like in the same groove at this point. Yeah. I think I I've never played a Tekken game. I've played Pokemon Tournament. <laughs> but never any Tekken games. And maybe that's the reason why, but I think Street Fighter Six looks more appealing to me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I never played we, a lot yeah, of Street Fighter, so Tekken to me is more yeah, exciting. We, and we don't know a lot about Tekken 8, but we do yeah, know some details about Street Fighter at this point. 
Uh, okay. Next one that we saw. Neither of you put this on your list, but I wanted to call it out. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy is getting a PlayStation exclusive quest where you like explore this going out of business or being sold off shop in Hogsmeade. And there's like these life-size, um, I don't know what you call them, like those dolls that painters use to like create a pose of a person. So there's like no features, but it's like all the joints. So you can put them in a specific pose and paint them. It's like those, but life-size and they're like chasing after you in the basement of this shop in Hogsmeade. And apparently you'll only be able to do this in the PlayStation version of the game. And weirdly enough, this combined with all that they were showing off of how they're using the DualSense controller, I think has convinced me that I will actually play this game on PlayStation because I was wondering if I should do Steam or PlayStation for this. And I think I'm going to go PlayStation because there's enough features. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do it on PlayStation. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks really interesting. And in general, it looks like they're kind of really pushing the, the weird side of Harry Potter in this game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what all they do with it. It's just we haven't... There's never been a way to explore... Hogwarts and the Wizarding World in this level of detail before. So it'll be really interesting to see like where they go with it and what they make of it in this game. And that's it. So that's all I really wanted to say. Did either of you have any reaction to this or care about this at all? I am interested in playing the game. Okay. This didn't really swim either way either way i was planning on buying it on playstation anyways right okay cool uh the next one um has a title but i want to tell you what ryan called it ryan renamed this game haunted car ride <laughs> <laughs> The, I think you were talking about the game that is called Pacific Drive. <laughs> you think? You know what Haunted sure. Car Ride is. <laughs> Project um, Haunted Car Ride, renamed Pacific Drive. <laughs> I just wanted to, I don't know. They made a game about a haunted car ride. Yeah. Like I... And- it it sounds like it's just it, I don't know if it looks good to me, but it looks very unique. Yeah, where you're just you're literally just getting into a car and driving, and scary stuff is happening, and then getting out of the car to try to like for various reasons supply and fix the car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I don't know. It was just an interesting. Yeah, to me, I, I, like, I went and rewatched. New. Yeah, I went and rewatched the trailer, and it has a lot of control vibes to me. Like, it kind of seems like that style of paranormal, where it's kind of like 
undefined and vague, but threatening and and something has happened and you have to figure that out, you know, something with like a capital S something has happened. What is it? You know? Yeah. I mean, I am intrigued by this game. I want to see more of like how it actually plays or like, what's the actual loop. But as far as like world building goes in this first trailer, yeah, it's definitely intriguing to me too. Curtis, anything you want to throw in on this one before we move forward? No, it just looks interesting. And for the same reasons yeah. you guys said, mysterious, okay. you're alone in a car. I like the bobblehead in the car. That was fun. Yeah. Also, like the display in the car where it talked, like it showed like the car status and like components. Yeah, a lot, a lot to be intrigued by in this one little trailer we got. Okay, well. Let's get to the biggest announcement. Not as big as various day life, but the biggest announcement of the, of the state of play. The PlayStation Stars loyalty program. And we had the reveal of the first digital collectibles. Ryan, how excited are you to collect digital collectibles with PlayStation Stars? I don't think <laughs> I'm super negative about it. But I don't know. I think it's better than nothing. Like, it's cool that you can earn stuff with made up points by doing challenges. And like, it's similar to the Nintendo Switch online stuff they added recently where you can earn like new avatars for your Switch profile. But there's also a better version of this that I wish existed. Where, like, I don't know. I don't even know what that better version is off the top of my head. But Well, one fundamental question they have not answered is where do you display or view or do whatever you're supposed to do with these things? Like, where do they live? You earn it and you go look at it where? Because it it looks like the kind of thing that would like be on your shelf inside a game, but this is not in a game. It's like a meta loyalty program. So where are these things going to be displayed? Where am I going to look at them? Where am I going to show them off to prove that I have 10 platinum trophies or whatever you'll have to get to earn some of these? Yeah. I still don't really get it. Like what is what does it really look like? It feels like a like an NFT collection, but they're not NFTs. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like, am I going to be able to view it in the app? Am I going to be able to view them on my PlayStation, or is it just like PlayStationStars.com? I'll have like a shelf I can scroll through. Can I look at other people's? I, so many questions they haven't answered yet. And this is a, apparently launching in like a few weeks. <laughs> so I guess we'll figure it out. I think the slightly better version of this, which it still isn't even that good, it already exists with the Steam trading cards. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they translated that into like challenge based things where you could earn 
your trading cards and then get the full collection and then get a badge. Right. I think that would be a little better, but just in terms of the fact that with the Steam trading cards, people buy them from you. Right. If you want nothing to do with them, you can sell them all for three cents. And if you buy a lot of games, you can eventually get like (laughs) a couple dollars off of a purchase or something like that. Um, like I think that adds a little bit more value than like here's these things that you can say you have, but all you really did to earn this was I don't know signed into your PlayStation account right. on the browser. <laughs> yeah, like I I do like your version of it better, Paul. Of earn ten platinum trophies. And you get the specific one. All right. But most of these loyalty programs to me kind of seem more like, oh, open up Spider-Man twice this week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess we'll see. You don't have it installed, and then you got to get a big card. So you can open them to get your digital rewards. Got him. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I get it now. Okay, it all makes sense. It's just a ploy to sell you hard drives. <laughs> yeah. But didn't they used to have like a a program where you could like earn trophies and the more trophies you earned, you got like gift cards or something like that. Yeah, it was it was part of like Sony rewards is that you could earn like Sony rewards points by f- doing specific challenges with PlayStation stuff that I think was pretty brief lived, though, like it didn't last very long. That's a better version, though. Yeah. No, I did. I did end up buying like Sonic Team Racing or something because of Sony rewards points. Um, I, it was partially like from purchases, but I think some of it came from like finishing PlayStation challenges that I didn't know I had finished until I went and looked. <laughs> okay, next one. We're getting close to the end here. Um. Stellar Blade, formerly called Project Eve. Neither of you put this on your list, but I just wanted to say it is weird how much of a trend uh, skinny, pretty Asian girl was throughout both Nintendo and PlayStation. (laughs) There seemed to be a lot of there's there's a cute girl driving and it's just kind of weird like it seems like we had this period where there was a big push for female protagonists and now that's totally normal that was really unusual even 10 years ago now it's totally normal but now it's seems like a lot of people are taking that as an excuse to just make a skinny, pretty female protagonist, and I'm not sure that's progress. <laughs> yeah. And Stellar Blade is 
puts this question front and center. Uh, I don't know how much I want to discuss it right now, but I just was watching that trailer and I was just like, hmm, <laughs> I'm not sure this is good. <laughs> what I thought you were going to say was it's weird how the trend is games start with the word project in front of them and they always change their name to something else. <laughs> yes. That's it. I can't wait for them to release this and actually reverse the decision and go back to Project Eve. They're like, that was better. We're sorry. <laughs> we're, we're reversing the name so we can call this Eve later. <laughs> like two years post launch, we're going to release an update and change the title. <laughs> Okay, that's all I want to say about that one. Uh, the next one, I think this might be the first time I've seen a trailer end with the numbers 2024. I'm not sure if that's true, but that stood out to me. This game is Rise of the Ronin, which, circling way back to we were talking about Ghost of Tsushima likes, this is one of those. Except this is a little, this is a later period where um, it's the time that like Western influence begins to enter in on Japan. So it's kind of a transition period culturally. And so you're kind of like the samurai with swords, but you also have guns like flitlock, you know, kind of guns. And. It looks like there's a lot going on in this game already, but then at the end it said 2024. And this is made by Team Ninja, so it kind of looked like um, what if Neo was less Souls-like and more action-adventure open world. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued. I will definitely be watching where they go with this game. Uh, did you guys have any thoughts on this one? I could be interested, but I feel like there are a lot of games like this that come out on PlayStation. Yes. That it's hard true. for me to, unless they like really stand out, it's hard for me to commit yeah. just yet. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I'll, I'll I'll be watching it to see if it finds a way to stand out for sure. I feel the same way. All right. Well, then it's the last one. The God of War controller. It's a nice looking controller. I like the controller a lot. I really there, thought that that's how it was going to end. Yeah, there was a moment where I thought they were just going to announce a controller and not show the game. And I was ready to just absolute rage <laughs> <laughs> like this game is two months away you've shown us nothing except an unboxing of the collector's edition a weird rick and morty clip and now a controller like i was i was ready to to go at playstation hard um but then right after they announced the controller which does look cool they showed 
like an extremely cool trailer. I thought for God of War Ragnarok, like so many surprising things and like surprisingly colorful and like varied. Um, wow, there's a lot going on in that trailer. Um, I was honestly before the state of play ready to say like, I don't even feel the need to play God of War Ragnarok. But now I'm like, oh, crap, that was an incredible trailer. There's already so many games coming out this fall. Oh, no. Am I going to buy it? I'm still not sure. Uh, What did you guys think of this? Uh, Ryan, what did you think of this? I thought that this looked really, really good. And uh, like you, you talk about how the Zelda trailer didn't really hook you or anything. But this makes me want a similar trailer for Zelda yeah. two months before the game comes out <laughs> to get me like really excited about it. Cause like I was kind of in a similar boat where I was like, I liked the first God or the first the 2018 yes the 20-ish. 20-ish. <laughs> yeah, the god of war yeah and i had a great t- time but i i think i was more excited for spider-man when yeah. i started getting into playstation stuff and so i feel like i didn't give it like like i did have a great time but the second i beat the story I moved on to Spider-Man. And so I don't feel like I gave myself the chance to be immersed in it as much as I could have. And so now part of me is like, do I need to play God of War again before I play (laughs) the second one and just like really get into it? But I don't know. That trailer looks so good that I'm kind of like, I just want to, like, I kind of want to play it sooner than later. I don't know if I'll get it day one, but yeah, that was a good trailer, and it, the day I went, once I get it, I know I that will be my main game that I focus on for yeah a while. Yeah, Curtis, what did you think? Yeah, it makes me think that I really need to go play the other God of War game because <laughs> I still yeah. haven't played it. I'm having a hard time getting excited. I mean, it looks really, really good. The trailer was really cool. I thought there were a lot of... It did a good job of showing cool set pieces, I guess, but really yeah. quickly. So it wasn't... I don't know. I just... It was a good trailer, and the game looks really good. I just... I'm not as excited just because I don't haven't played the other God of War. So it's hard for me to get super excited, you know? Yeah. yeah. Since it's, and it's how a much... direct sequel, it seems like, you know? <clears throat> oh, yeah. It is, for I mean, sure. Do you think... Do you think there's ever going to be a game that will make you be like, I need to get a PS5 now? Um, I'm sure there will or do be you eventually. Think you'll... But... Yeah. Or do you think you'll, you'll be able to wait until the PS6 is announced or out. <laughs> um, I'll probably, in my, in my head, I wait till like the PS5 Slim or something like that happens. Mm, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I don't know. Right now, 
I would like to play Demon Souls and Returnal. Those are the only two mm-hmm. that I'm like, I really want to play that. A Returnal might come to PC. It might, yeah. Although I did play a little bit at Friend of the Show's Wesley's house. And I was like, this game's really cool. And I really want to play it now. But I don't know how well it would run on my PC. And if it is Steam Deck verified, I don't know how enjoyable it would be on a smaller screen anyway. Just because it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on in that game. Like action-wise, you know. I feel like it'd be hard to keep track of everything happening on screen on a tiny little screen. So we'll see. iOS, he'll probably let you hole up in his basement and play the whole game. (laughs) I mean, I was over (laughs) at his house. He's like, you want to try this game? Like, yeah, sure. Is it two players? No, I don't care. Just play. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's just how he does things. So I played it for a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. There's so many other games to play right now. I mean, I'm still, I was telling Paul before we started recording, how many hours did I tell you I was in Elden Ring? Like 80? 80, yeah. And I feel like I'm not even close to finishing that game still. There's just so many games to play anyway. Like, it's hard to feel a need to buy a PS5 right now. But That is the issue. Too many games. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. It looks really good, though. And it makes me think I need to go back and play the other God of War. So maybe I'll get to that someday. Um, I also wondered from this trailer if like Elden Ring has been the the given game of the year all year. And now I wonder like, oh, could this actually pose a threat to Elden Ring being everyone's game of the year? Um, still way too early to tell, but now it's like, actually, from what I've seen, I'm now asking that question, I guess, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Whereas before it was like, no one's even going to come close. <laughs> It's obviously Elden Ring, but now there's at least like, oh, if this turns out as good as this trailer looked, there's going to be real discussion, actually, instead of just, well, obviously Elden Ring. (laughs) Well, I'm putting my vote for Tunic. (laughs) That's true. I hope Tunic is in the discussions, actually, for sure. Like, it seems like it deserves that. I'm not sure, but it might be my personal one. All right. We, we still have yet to see, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I, I said earlier in this podcast, I still think Sifu is my pick. But there's now a few games coming out by the end of the year, including God of War and Midnight Suns. And, you know, there's some contenders. We'll have to see what happens. But the good news is, a couple months ago, I thought this fall had nothing. And now, there's a lot of games I actually care about coming this fall. So, good job, showcases. You at least gave me that. And that's it. We've been through all of them. We did it. 
We did it. So many. We've already we've already kind of given a lot of final thoughts along the way, but any final final thoughts now that we've actually discussed all of this? I thought they were all pretty similar. I I didn't really like none of them really excited me too much other than right. Hickman, God of War and Zelda. And even that yeah. then the excitement was minimal because Pikmin and Zelda are far enough away where I have other things I've got to do before they come out and God of War I don't know if I'll get right of way right away. <laughs> God of War right of way. Um <laughs> and so even then like I'm I don't want to get like too excited for stuff that I'm not even going to be playing soon. And so, right. But keep these coming. Announce more. I'm mean, announce a bunch of games every day. That's every day, I have to say, every day. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's a good note to end on. Announce games every day, please. Announce a new Rayman tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they'll do it. They'll hear this. They'll get right on it. We have the Ubisoft Ryan (laughs) Forward Edition. (laughs) Announce tomorrow after listening to Chance Time. Yep. New Rayman. Thanks for coming to see James. (laughs) Thanks for coming to see James. We just want to deliver for our players and one player in particular, and his name's Ryan. All right. That's it. We did it. Thank you all for listening. A really long episode. Really long episode of Chance Time, but there was there was a lot to cover. Let us know your thoughts. Chance time podcast gmail.com and join our Discord and tell us there. All right, I think that's it. All right. See you later. Goodbye. It's good to see James.